You're listening to Coffee Coffee Cast with Rhys Bolton and Rhys Jones. Good evening, Fraulein. Snakes. Why do they have to be snakes? Where can this up as I go? Call me Junior. Welcome back to another episode of the Coffee Cast. We'll talk everything film, TV, video games, and conspiracy theories. I'm your host, Rhys Bolton. And I'm your host, Rhys Jones. And today we're wrapping up our India Jones watchathon uh, in the run up to Dark Destiny, reviewing the kind of the split. Some people say the worst India Jones film in the series, uh, King Crystal Skull, which came out in 2008. Uh, we could be reviewing this one, and we have got our thoughts on this one as well. Especially, you know, like we um, after watching these last three, the last the trilogy films, and then watching this. Um, it'd be quite interesting to kind of compare it between the yeah. uh, previous you know, Jones films as well, as well as setting up what we're going to potentially see in Dire Destiny. Um, and we also got some new to talk about as well. So you can find us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash HoverCoveyCast, Facebook at HoverCoveyCast, and Twitter at HoverCoveyCast. You can also email us, HoverCoveyCast at gmail.com. Uh, please like, share, follow, and or review if you enjoyed the episode. Um I'll talk about some news today. We've got a couple of news to talk about before going to the big, big topic. There's been um, a lot of, uh, there's been some drama, there's been some reveals. So, yeah, let's um, actually, what do you want to start off talking about first? Um, actually, probably uh, talk about the elephant in the room, actually. Um, so, as the time of this recording, there's been a big kind of, um, you know, shocking news in terms of with uh, Jonathan Majors. So yeah. um, it's come out that Jonathan Majors, now obviously at the time we're saying this, he's, it, he don't know what if it's true or not. It's just been like, he's been arrested for, for this thing and he's been released from custody and the, you know, the investor, obviously the, the police are investigating it. But apparently Jonathan Majors was in a kind of... Um, Situation with a woman where apparently he assault, he assaulted her and yeah. she had to go to hospital with um and she she had bruises on her and etc etc. Jonathan got arrested and he was remanded in custody and it all came out and his basically his uh, his team his PR team pretty much said that he's mm. innocent. Um, yeah. But knowing like the kind of celebrity world we're living now and especially like look at you know. This bad publicity. Um, in a kind of world where Ezra, the stuff Ezra Miller has done, and it's become a very big question of whether he can continue to be the Flash in the DC movies, uh, it's going to become a question of whether John from Majors will be able to continue being Kang in yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, basically, obviously, mm. everyone, everyone watch if you know, we, we covered Ant Man and the, the Wasp Quantumania. And this is setting up Kang as a big, big finals level bad yeah. of the the next kind of well, this the multiverse saga that's that's um Marvel calling it. Mm. So now this news has come out, and knowing what Marvel are like, they don't really want to associate themselves with actors who have had bad publicity, have been involved yeah, in yeah. very like, you know, um yeah. very criminal kind yeah, of Yeah, they don't situations. like um they they don't like bad optics, do they? Like everything has to be sort of like, yeah, like squeaky clean. Everything has to be positive, family friendly, almost in a way. But, you know, they they like to harbor mm-hmm. like you know the, the 
the idea that you know they associate with like the right people so but um yeah i'm gonna play the devil's advocate and i know i've seen on twitter people are like you know saying like oh john from ages did this oh my god you know like he should be sacked bear in mind as as i said this just now it's just come announced you yeah don't know whether it is true or not yeah um yeah I mean, you're you're really you're you're right, and like mm. I think though, at the same time, they are like they like the big wigs at Disney who are like muttering like, "Oh my God, like this isn't good for our brand," you know, and and all that. But yeah, you're totally right. At the time of this recording, we we don't know much about the situation. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, part of me, I do feel like this is hopefully it's not true. Yeah. Um, because you know, again, it's like he's innocent until proven guilty. And but you know I think he's a great actor and he's he's in his prime now like you know he mm. he he you know he was he's leading the MCU as next big bad he did the, you know he was in Creed three he's been so much you know he's been literally one of the biggest kind of actors working up and coming actors in Hollywood if this is true then that's just a, that's a career gone to a halt like. Mm. And we've seen it with celebrities and actors who have been involved in kind of like, you know, these kind of criminal situations where it has not done well for their career. I mean, yeah. look at, um, what's his name? Um, oh, Alec Baldwin, you know. Oh, yeah. With the whole yeah. bus situation is, I'm not comparing that kind of event to this yeah i know but yeah I'm basically i'm saying it's like you've seen that nobody wants to work with him right now because exactly, he's got the, yeah. the red flags over him. yeah 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 nobody, and it is sort of like nobody they, wants they, to touch him yeah yeah they yeah it is like they almost like treat them sort of like lepers isn't it at mm. this point mm. um yeah and, and you know obviously i i think it's like important to say like you know we're, we're not sort of saying that uh murr, you know cancel culture and all that stuff but they're saying that it is a fact that studios don't want to associate with anyone that no, seems bad no. for their brand no. you know, and, and i mean and i mean marvel studios is already in some kind of publicity wise they are in some sort of difficult situation because um victoria alonso who um oh yeah she was the vf the head of the vfx uh production producer of the VFX production and she got fired and apparently the reason she got fired was because she worked on um this film Argentina in 1985 which is a really good film but because she was a producer and apparently her contract was that while she's working for Marvel she couldn't work on any other non-Marvel films yeah so apparently that's why they fired her because she broke a contract and also apparently there's been rumors that she's a toxic boss she was one of the reasons why, um, you know, the the problem was the, FX, uh, the VFX of Marvel have been seen as very like, criticism because of the, if they obviously the workers have come out and said like they've been like you know forced to like with tight tight deadlines to make these effects for the Marvel yeah. properties. A lot of um, like yeah, like um, VFX sort of houses don't want to work with Marvel. Just yeah. blanketly, they just don't want to work with them because, yeah, like the the working conditions are just unfair, apparently. Yeah, so Marvel's kind of in a very difficult situation right now. Yeah, um, and now obviously got this has come out, so it's it's, it's just going to wonder to see where this is going, really. 
Um, but yeah, it's not. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like the. I've, I think it was. A, I think it was something important to talk about. Yeah, I think for today, like especially because it's like really breaking news. Um, yeah. as, as everyone knows, we record these on Sunday on Sundays, and this news just dropped on the Sunday. So, um, yeah, but um, yeah, I, well, we have to see what happens. Really, like as I said, I can't. I'm not choosing a side yet until. Yeah. Um, I cannot have a say really, but you know, I'm not saying I can't really have a say until I kind of we yeah. figure out what's really the truth. Yeah, I mean, um, all, all we're doing now is you know we're not hmm. even like speculating; we're just saying that no, there are no. some people who are going to think that this is really bad for everyone involved. Yeah, you know, and it's not like that. Yeah, and 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 if and I hope that woman is okay. Yeah. Um, regardless, like this, you know, the woman that is hurt it has to be rushed hospital yeah it's still like a very you know you, yeah. it is a pretty bad thing yeah. um it's quite a tenuous situation mm, exactly um but let's leave it there and jump on to another piece of news talking about so uh, we had the first set photos for harley quinn they the guy yeah. harley quinn dropped i were these leaked or were they actually i think they were released yeah they were yeah yeah um they're like a not like official sort of things, but they sort of like behind the scenes sort of, you know, mm. I think it is just literally sort of like, a, not like a proof of concept, but basically a, you know, just, you know, when sort of like they give like official, like, you know, like it's been signed off as like an official sort of image to like yeah. say Empire Mag or something. Yeah. I think it's basically like that. I think they were, yeah. they were given to variety or something, but yeah. Um, she was Lady Gaga as, um, as the famous Harley Quinn. I like the um, outfit. It's very... Yeah. I like this sticking to the comic book look of Harley Quinn. Yeah. The sort um, of like red, white and black sort well, of Well, it's giving it's give me Arkham um, game. Oh, yeah. Harley Quinn vibes. Hmm. And this looks really, really good. Um, and, but judging by the photo, it looks like she's been she's been arrested and taken somewhere. Because you see this, like, she's got a lot of, like, uh, police presence around her. So... It's going to be interesting where Harley, Harley Quinn's going to tie into this. Um, yeah. Whether she's going to turn, whether this is going to be like what happened with the Joker in the first film and just, you know, that this person could basically just goes, after effect, basically just goes insane and then becomes Joker later on. Or is this going to be like straight away Harley Quinn, um, you know, mm. comes around and stuff. Actually, I remember who, yeah. Um, Harley Quinzel becomes Harley Quinn. Yeah. So, and also, there are also some other some uh, photos that were released, and it was a bunch of uh, protester signs, and one that oh, right. has the word Dent in it. Oh, so no way. It are looks like getting, Harvey, um, Harvey Dent's going to be in there. Yeah, we get Harvey Two-Face. Mm. I mean, even if it's not like actual Two-Face, if it's just the, the DA, you know. Well, I think they might do what they did in um, the first Batman Tim Burton, they had D.D. Williams yeah. as, as Two Face, but as Harvey Dent, but he wasn't he didn't come Two Face. Yeah, I reckon he's just going to be there. I don't think we're going to see him become Two Face. No, it's just kind I of like uh, expanding yeah. more the Batman world in this. Yeah, because uh... in, in the first Joker, um, we get the whole oh, the, the the Waynes were murdered, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I swear that's the most like remade scene in cinematic history. The amount of times we've re we've seen that in like films is unreal, honestly. 
but I, I don't. They're not going to focus on Batman in this kind of mm. Elseworlds, Elseworld kind yeah. of franchise. I mean, we're probably going to get some like hint, or like maybe you know they'll show him um, the, the orphan Bruce Wayne on like a TV report or something. They have to include him in some shape or form because that's what the fans want, apparently. Yeah. Well, it. I don't know whether the fans want it or it's no, the studio who basically you know, like that's what the studios do. think. The fans yeah, want. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have no, to include like, Batman. Come on. Yeah, but like Joker was like a film about you know the Joker, the Joker. Yeah. They made over a billion, so yeah, exactly. Um, It'd be interesting uh, to see where this, where this leads. Is it going to continue the whole kind of like like how society can like break people, or is it going to go well, in a different direction? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm curious as to how they're going to, you know, because it's Joker, Folie Adieu, isn't it? Like the um, madness shared by two. So I'm wondering how they're going to sort of implement the idea of a musical. Mm, yeah. I think that was bad, a bad idea to announce that. I think they what, should have just uh, like... Making a musical. Well, well, announcing that, oh no, Todd Phillips basically said, oh, you know, it's going to be a musical. Because that will be a massive turnoff for a lot of people. I think it should be certain parts of the film. Do you know where sort of like it yeah, shows like um, their psychosis? So they as in um, the Joker and sorry, Arthur Fleck and um, Harley Quinn. They yeah. are like shared psychosis. Is it will be in the form maybe of like musicals, like like set pieces. Yeah. I think that'd be great. Yeah. So like the actual, the whole other movie is not a musical. I think it's good though they go into a different direction. The um you've probably seen it, the sort of like um you see Arthur Fleck almost like being chased by other jokers down like a, a busy street. That, I think that's fascinating. This is gonna be like I think it's gonna be there's gonna be like copycat jokers yeah. right now. That's as yeah. what it's gonna be. And at the end of the lot of the film we saw yeah. like the idea of the Joker like the, like anybody can really be the Joker, mm. like Yeah. Um some people are saying they might do the um they might bring to life the idea of like the comic version of the three joker theory. Okay. Have you heard of the three jokers? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, so like um it's not really a spoiler because this is like well known in the community and it wasn't that well received. It was the idea that the Joker as we know him is not one person, it's three. And there's always been three jokers. But it kind of makes the idea that the Joker isn't a person, it's an idea. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like... Yeah. And it, it gives the idea as well. It's like that it's like a disease. It's, like, it's sort of yeah. like almost like a... Yeah, like these like these cursed individuals share the same, like, you know, insanity. Yeah. So I'm, I'm quite looking interested forward to it. the way they're going to play that. Yeah. Like, they, you know, you could have like an older Joker, a younger Joker or something like that. And yeah. Arthur Fleck yeah. as well. And maybe it could be like what Arthur Fleck kind of dealing with his kind of actions of his consequences because he basically started this was basically this i would say this revolt against society always people dressed up in joker masks and causing riots in the streets and that might bad might be him trying him facing the repercussions not in a kind of uh you know like a like a legal way but more kind of like a societal way and the idea of like you know maybe it's all it's all gonna be about a bat, bunch of batshit crazy jokers probably gonna kill each other. That's weird. Yeah, it's gonna be. 
I think it'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just waiting for a trailer now, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's coming out in 2024, so definitely we'll get a trailer to uh, probably later half of this. You never know. It could yeah. be like the new mutants. We get the trailer now when it comes out in 2030 or something. <laughs> No, no, it's not going to be like that. And we remember the new mutants? That was awful, oh, wasn't it? Oh, God, yeah, that was awful. Oh, God, I didn't watch all of it, to be honest. It was, you know, it got to a point, because that, that, they came out when literally, like, the the X-Men franchise was dead. Yeah, it was um, at the same time as Dark Phoenix, wasn't it? Yeah, and the same, and there was that time where, like, okay, the X-Men are, you know, Fox is being acquis- acquisitioned by Disney. Yeah. So... Okay, we're going to other films are kind of that is I feel like it's what's happening now with DC. Yeah. Because now DC have announced, oh, we're making um DC DCU. So so you know the the, the, the they've got four films left. Well, Shazam's come out and it wasn't it's it's bombing in the box office. Uh, yeah. Um, you've got the Flash coming out, then you've got Blue Beetle. And then you've yeah. got Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. Now, I don't know whether this is, they're going to shove those films out and be like, you know what, we don't care anymore. We've got this new, James Gunn's taken over. He's got this new kind of slate, new idea for a new kind of shared universe of DC movies. Okay, yeah. we just need to get rid of these bad apples, maybe? Like, I don't know where you see it, but like... Um, yeah, like personally, I wouldn't refer to them as bad apples. I would just no, say like no, out, no, no. Outliers. I'm just saying know? outliers. Well, not bad apples. Maybe this kind of like... Well, well there, are, there are some people who definitely think of them as bad apples. Yeah. You know, and commercially, they aren't doing, you know, what um, Warner Brothers want, want them to do. So I guess like, in, behind the scenes, there's a lot of people who aren't happy with the current state of it. And yeah. rightly so. This is why they brought in James Gunn. Um, yeah, it, DC at the moment is just a shit show. I think everybody can agree on that, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. there's a lot of people, a lot of the diehard fans of Snyder who are totally against James Gunn. There's a lot of infighting within the um, the fan base, which well, is a, a shame. Zack Snyder's now announced that there's going to be a Snyder, I don't know what it is, it's like this Snyder con or whatever it is. Yeah, and, yeah. And he's now something about Darkseid, and then now he's giving the Snyder fans hope that he's going to continue Justice League 2. But I don't think that's going to be the case. But, I don't think yeah. that'll happen, no. But I think you're always going to have a Snyder fans are always going to be there because, it's, you know, like, they kind of develop, they kind of expanded more following the success of the Zack Snyder's Justice League film. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, um, that's one way you look at it. Um. But yeah, but, you know, this would be uh, this would be a discussion that we like. Be interested to have further discussion about the DC, the DC yeah. films, and the Elseworlds films as we're coming up. Because you've got the Batman two coming out, we've got the Penguin TV show, we have got the Arkham Asylum show as well. So it's going all very different avenues. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I I think you should be at this point cautiously optimistic with yeah, you know. James Gunn is going to bring a fresh, a different take on DC. Mm. Don't knock yeah. it until we tried it, I guess. Exactly, exactly. You know? Exactly. <sighs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's, our, that's our news for today. Um, just a little quick, two pieces of news to talk about. So, uh, yeah, let's go and talk about the topic of the, of the week. So, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um Fourth installment in the series, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by George Lucas, 
David Kep and Jeff Nathanson, uh, starring Harrison Ford, Kate Blanchett, Karen Allen, Ray Winston, John Hurt, Jim Broadbent, Shia and Shia LaBeouf, uh, set in 1957. America and basically follows a post World War II Indiana Jones as he comes up against the Soviets who are on the hunt to find this legendary crystal skull mm-hmm. and return it to uh, this ancient kingdom. Um, the, the the big mystery surrounding that. So I watched this film literally in cinemas twice. Yeah. A, I remember buying like this little kind of book you can get with it that was like tells you like all the characters and stuff like that i remember giving my friend it for his birthday it's like a birthday present and i was like could we we went to go see it in the for my mate's birthday and yeah. um i thought it was fun because i grew up in Indiana Jones before before that and yeah you know, like as i said in the when we discussed the, the previous three films so i was really excited for this and um it's only until like recently but I've kind of noticed like how it has not it's not actually a great film. Mm. It's kind of a mixed bag. It it definitely gives me the like it's like I was watching the Attack of Clones or the Phantom Menace. Like <laughs> it is a good I wouldn't say it's a fun film. Like I say Attack of Clones. It is a fun film. But I wouldn't say it's a great film. Like I've got the same kind of attitude towards this film as I have with attack of the clones that's my opinion hmm. yeah what about you um yeah i i'm quite um yeah same i watched this in cinemas i i was young you know and it's indiana jones i i couldn't believe that you know i was always told that oh you know they made three indiana jones and then that was it and then they went and they announced that they made kingdom and crystal skull i was like yeah this is amazing um i thought i did think at the time it was weird that they thought focus on aliens but I still enjoyed it. And then when I got older and I think it was a lot of like people like, you know, nostalgia critic and all this stuff, you know, basically like just lambasting it, you know, shitting on it, telling you sort of like, you know, that, Oh, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. You shouldn't like it at all. But then over time I've grown to appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. As, as you said, you know, it, it isn't as good or as memorable as the original three, but, no. um, I do like that they're working with like the visible limitations of Harrison Ford's advanced age. Well, for this time, um, the sort of idea of passing the torch over to a, a new Indiana Jones, like the younger sort of hero uh, in the former Shia LaBeouf, um, bringing back sort of like a, a fan favorite, you know, Marion. Um, but then also realizing that, you know, well, we've done the stuff with like, you know, the historical relics and the Nazis, you know, what if let, let's put Indiana Jones in like the, the red scare America in the fifties. Oh yeah. That's a cool idea. You know, red scare and, you know, saucer men and new technologies and stuff. It, I, I actually like it. I like the look and feel of the film and um, yeah, I'll say, I'll say more, but you know, as the discussion unravels, yeah, I feel like people who don't like his film would definitely like the ones who didn't like the the prequel trilogy. Yeah, uh, because they obviously people growing up in the um, late seventies um, and the eighties, obviously they watched the original trilogy of Star Wars and the original trilogy of Indiana Jones. 
So coming in and they're like, okay, this is going to be good. And it, it, they, they actually find it's not as good. So I think a lot of the kind of criticism towards this film is taken from Die Hard fans who thought, okay, look, it's been like, what, 19 years since the, the Last Crusade. They're making new Indiana Jones. Everyone's coming back. Spielberg, Ford, George Lucas is all coming back. Mm. Um, you know, it's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be Indiana Jones in the Cold War. And the concept of that is actually, you know, really interesting. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit more about the historical context of this film as well. Yeah. Uh, like I did with Wizard of Stark, but I thought it was really good. But then I can, but then obviously it came out and thinking, oh, this is, I thought, oh, this is as great as the the first or third one. And some of, I can understand the criticisms. Yeah. Yeah. And when I rewatched this film for this podcast, I saw, I could understand the criticisms and I saw kind of that this film was very much like the realism just goes out the door. And I know there's like, there's not really, sometimes there's a bit of the realism in the Jones films you just do take, you do take with like a grain of salt and be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Mm. But I think the alien aspect of this doesn't work. Yeah. I literally think that they should have made it as mysterious as they did with the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, and the Ark of the Covenant is so good in the in the Raiders of Lost Ark because you don't know what it is. It does it incorporate all the the souls of people lost in the battles, yeah. Is it like the 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 gods demons or is it actually like a portal to hell that you know like with this it's just like Oh, these are aliens. They came down to Earth. They built this. This they taught this civilization, and they oh, they want the skull back. And as soon as they get the skull back, they basically fly off again. But they're not actually aliens; they're interdimensional beings. And the reason why they called them interdimensional beings is because Spielberg did not like this idea. George Lucas was really wanted to do a Indiana Jones film with the aliens in it, and Spielberg was like, "I don't like this idea at all." I, I don't know where because Spielberg was kind of had like um, I don't know alienitis or something like that. I, I don't know like alien <laughs> fatigue. I mean, he did like what? How many alien extraterrestrial films has George oh, Lucas that's made? True. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, the reason why the after before this he did was like War of the Worlds. You know, yeah, like, that's true. Um, so maybe he was like go back to you know Jones. He was like, oh, it can make it aliens. He was like, right, okay. But so one of the reasons. So basically, they changed it to say that to make Spielberg happy, they decided to not say the word aliens, but they called them interdimensional beings. But, but that's just semantics, though, isn't it? Like it is. It is. For, for nobody, you know, this is the film where even like us in our discussions now, we are literally we're going, oh yeah, this is the one with the aliens. And however much Spielberg bemoaned to his producers and to Lucas that they're not aliens, the the public. And pop culture will refer to them as aliens. I think it's just yeah. semantics. I think it's him being a bit of a diva. It is, and and I don't know what your opinion is of of the aliens part of this film. Like, yeah. what is your point? Do you think it's a bit like silly? Like, I, I'm not trying to think of a better word, but a lot of people say silly. I, I don't know. I just feel a little bit about well, like it's going. Um, it's it, it, it's literally like everything is going out the door. I'm I'm um I'm very torn 
because on one hand i like the reveal that when they're in area 51 you know and it is area 51 i know it's not named but they find the corpse of the roswell alien yeah and the reveal do you know like where everyone's like you know coming up and you can see them visibly sweating shining torches on like this body in like a a very futuristic like mummification and they cut it open and you can see like a, a body in there that is horrific that is but i i really like it the, the 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 suspense is very well done but then right at the end we see the the skeletons morph into like one alien body and it is it is ugly cgi with like the dumbest face ever like it's just yeah yeah it's the gray alien isn't it yeah the the, the very typical like the the saucer man isn't it like the yeah the little little, you know gray man that came And, and, and i don't really understand that ending because it's like okay they have like it makes it get questions like right okay were they trying to leave and then the skull got stolen, so yeah, yeah. they were kind of waiting around for it. And then once it got returned, it, they basically decided to go. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's it's a, a symptom, really, of at this time the sort of ancient aliens like thing was getting traction. It's very popular, you know, to, to sort of explain away um, historical mysteries. Out. As there was was that? I'm just, I'm just carry on talking. I'm just going to see what oh, ancient sorry. aliens actually it's just came that, um, out. I think it was just before this and, and sort of the idea that, you know, anything that we can't explain within um, history, whereas before, you know, um, you would, you'd say that it was the God of the gaps, you know, so can't yeah. explain something. Well, it's, it's God. Well, yeah. When you replace that with um, a scientific thing, people still like to put their own fantastical reasons behind this. So they just say, I don't know, aliens, you know, yeah. like have like a star stargate. The pyramids are basically like, um, a spaceport like the, the the spaceship will land on the pyramid so you know it just oh you know oh no i i, I don't know so it must be aliens um that is basically what the you know like the temple right at the end is basically like you know the the rest in place of like the ancient ufo saucer whatever um it doesn't add though yeah. that's the thing like this this film doesn't add to kind of that idea that well okay apart you know if you follow kind of like the idea that so these massive construct you know these massive structures throughout the world like you know the um the temples of Machu Picchu and the uh, the Great Pyramids and stuff and the idea that like okay humans could not have built these okay so what could it be oh okay ancient you no know, aliens have come to, you know there's always been aliens and stuff yeah. and they visited Earth before and they were able to kind of uh, teach us how to be, you know, how to become, yeah. become civilizations. And I yeah. felt like, okay, right, okay, this has been done before, like yeah. a lot of times. It doesn't add anything new to well, it. Well, we we think that now, but then again, you know, how old is this film? This this uh, this it came out in two thousand eight, uh, right? It, that idea does seem quite cliche now, but I, I guess at the time there wouldn't have been that many that many discussions about it, so it would have been kind of fresh at the time i'm not saying that you know it's in um that's that's a valid defense i'm just saying that there there was a little bit more leeway in doing that you know the sort of ancient alien explanation but coming back around to it being an indian jones film 
Yeah. I don't – it doesn't fit in well. I think it would have been a very good idea for some Spielberg to maybe explore in, like, a, a film of his own. But having it – Or, like, a spin-off, with, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or, like – or just have it, like – I feel like George Lucas wanted to touch on aliens in some way. Yeah. And he yeah. wanted to put Indiana Jones. Yeah. And and the Indiana Jones part of everything was like the mysteriousness of his artifacts and stuff. And I felt like this film kind of just explained, revealed it to you what it was. Like yeah. that's like watching like Where's the Lost Ark and they basically tell you, oh yeah, this is a portal to hell. Yeah. Or like yeah, this you, is you like right. demons. Yeah. It's, it's like you don't know. Like that's yeah. what, like, there's no mysticism. There's no, no mystery. It is basically not. aliens, uh, and, and for some people, that's reason enough, isn't it? Yeah, like, like I yeah, think this, right. is, this would have been a good film if it was about, you know, if they did what, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what other like, like A versus Predator did it. I know that's the word bad kind of example to use, but like A well, versus, no, but versus the, Predator, the, the, the concept is good. Yeah. yeah. Like ancient, these aliens built these uh, pyramids in the Antarctic to be um, to be kind of battle arenas. Uh, yeah, for and you know, and like xenomorphs. it makes sense, right? For like the the ultimate hunter goes up against the ultimate apex predator. Yeah, you know, it it, it almost seemed like it was meant to happen, and it and it did, but badly executed. But the the concept was there, you know. Yeah. Um, I see what you mean. Yeah, this could um, be. This could have been like. Um, could, this could be a very interesting kind of like, like you know, like an X Files. I want to believe. You know, like, and it, it, it could be a story about somebody who was like, you know, a historian who basically was like, okay, I found evidence that aliens existed, and they built these civilizations in South America, and the whole thing's about that. And I think that yeah. would be a very good film, but instead they put Indiana Jones on it, and. And what this film does as well, it kind of makes Indiana Jones a bit too kind of superhero-ish. Um, yeah, yeah. And regard, I don't know how old I don't know how old he is in this film, but like, I think he was he's doing like in his early sixties, right? Late fifties. He's early doing 60s. stuff, and you're just like, okay, a fifty-year-old man can't do that. You know, exactly. you gotta make yeah, like, yeah. and yeah. well, people were joking at the time that this was the the one where they had a. Uh, Indy is an old man, and yeah. now obviously he's a very old man in this new one that's coming out. But well, this, the new yeah. one's like what twelve years after this one, like yeah, yeah, it's very very old. And you kind of think <sighs> like, okay, is he able? Like the realism of Indiana Jones was was that he wasn't a superhero. He wasn't one of these. You know, he wasn't a Schwarzenegger or Stallone or a Claude you know, Van Damme. Who got up against like armies and was able to take them down, you know, and just you know get away with like without like you know being killed or being badly damaged. Like yeah. he's you know Jones is like, yeah, he literally has to recover because he gets yeah. like beaten up properly and stuff like that, gets shot. Yeah. But in this one, he's just like beating up like all these different guys. Like they're like, nothing. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and yeah, I see what you mean. Like he struggled before when he was in his prime, but now you know he's an old man, and he and he's he's doing it with ease. You know, easier than ever. And, and some could say, yeah. oh, it comes down to experience. Yeah, but also it comes down to kind of like the age stuff as well. Like, yeah, the age will slow him down. You know, yeah, and that that is a fact. You know, 
and and the, the film just I don't know. Um, I I, I want to sort of touch upon the idea like these films have, have always like had very good humor. You know, humor has been a part of this this series from the start. You know, a classic is the idea that um, you know when they're on the ship in Raiders, Marion sort of like um, turns the mirror around and slams Indy in the yeah, face. Yeah. You know, and it's like that very like cartoonish sort of like, like yeah. howl of like pain from Indy. Very, very funny, isn't it? But yeah, it just seems like the the really funny, like laugh, laughable parts of this film are not meant to be the comedic ones. So, you know, um, example of this, Matt doing the whole um, Tarzan through the jungle with the monkeys. Oh, my God. That's not even funny, though. That's the thing. I don't but this thing, it's not even it's meant not. to be funny. Yeah. No, it just looks it looks stupid. And also the scene where where Indy's in quicksand and they got the snake and he's like, yeah, oh, and he's of course they pull a rope and it goes yeah. on for so long. You're like, okay, okay, you like you know get on with it. Like it's painful, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, I, 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 there are there are moments of this film I do find funny when when um, Oxley comes back with all the Soviets and um, yeah, yeah, and they, they do tell him like get yeah. help. He says like help, and I, yeah. I do find that was funny. Yeah. And I like um, the one where you know when they're being chased through the college, and then yeah. the the bike sort of skids through that like um, library, and one of Indy's like students just quizzes him on a question. Do you know who that is? Isn't it um uh isn't it Jack Quaid? No, no. Who is it? It's Chet Hanks. Oh, yeah. Let me let me guess because Tom Hanks was like friendly with Spielberg, so he got his like his son into the film. Or his something. his white boy summer son. Yeah. Jesus. The bad one. That oh, that's the bad one. Yeah, not not the the good one that was in um Fargo. No, not Colin Hanks. You're on about Colin Hanks is like the successful one, and Chet yeah. Hanks is not the non successful one. He's the one that's like he wants to be a rapper and all that shit, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, Chet, Chet, Chet Hanks is like um, yeah, Chet, Chet Hanks is like the other like son that parents, you know, he got oh, ah, <laughs> the, like the, the wayward the, one, the wayward one. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he he was in this, and you know, it's it's like I will now guess that. Uh, I, I I was listening to a podcast about this episode and about this film, and someone brought it up, and I was like, "Oh wow!" I never thought about that. If you go on the IMDb, it's literally play wow. student in library. Um, but that is funny, and, it, it is and it's funny. not even from Chet Hanks's acting chops. It is literally the situational comedy of it all, and yeah. how Indy, you know, just answers his question, but then says, "You know, it's like, you know, you've got to get out of the library. You know, if you want, it's it's funny." That is that is very good, um, and also they had yeah. like I don't know whether they had Mac Ray Winston this as be the comedy side as well, and honestly, like I felt they really wasted Ray Winston in this yeah. film. I he he's such a good actor, like he's been, and I, I, I want to be more stuff rather than be on Buddy Paddy Power like um, gambling adverts all the time. I don't I don't even think it's Paddy Power. It's like I don't know what the gambling one is, but it's just like I think it's like Bet three six five or something. Bet three six five. I don't really want to give gambling sites like publicity though. So no, no, I'm just saying like it's, it's mm. a bit, it's a bit corny, isn't it? But yeah. like you know, he was in this, and and the idea was Mac is supposed to be this friend of India and yeah, Joe during the war, and oh wait, he's somebody who only cares about money, and he will stab his friends in the back. 
just so he can yeah. get money. And also he's got gambling problems. And then he kind of like comes along, right? So basically he's working with Soviets. And then Indiana Jones in the in the scene where they're going through the cut through the jungle and yeah. he, you know, he punches Mac. And then Mac joins, and then Mac says, Oh, I'm CIA. Yeah. And then Indiana Jones is like, Okay, that's fine. You're a good guy. Come with us. Yeah. Are you, tri you a triple it's, crosser? You know, and it's all that. Such, yeah. It's such a dumb thing, isn't it? It's like, Oh, yeah, it's it, very it, bad. It, it definitely was like, Okay, we have got Way Winston in his role. We need to have him for like, we need to like make use of his time. Okay, let's have him on, you know, with uh, Marion, Howard, and Matt, and Indiana. But like, yeah, but it does make sense because, like, why would Indiana, like, he's not dumb. He's not going to say, if someone, he got betrayed by this guy, and the apparently this guy turned around and said, actually, I'm working for CIA. Indiana Jones is going to be like, okay, like, so what? You know? Yeah. It, but it these sides, yeah. it, it, it's, it's really dumb, and you think, and it makes Indiana Jones look like an idiot. And that's just poor writing at the end of the day. That is just poor writing. And I think it was more comes down to is we need to, you know, we need to use, um Winston screen time like effectively yeah. okay let's just have him go on this whole journey he doesn't make it doesn't really, it doesn't really doesn't make sense and yeah and the at the start the chemistry between the two was actually quite good yeah yeah but I you know I wished we could have had a bit more about Mac yeah. around and be like okay apparently this guy worked with Indiana in like in Sikh operations and oh now he's he's working with the Soviets. Okay. Um and he's supposed to be MI6 as well because uh, he's basically yeah. British. Um yeah. Um some things like that show uh still that how ruthless and uncompromising he is. You know, sort of do you know when um they're in Area 51 and they sort of having like they're playing essentially the chicken with the, the trucks going at each other. And Matt yeah. seems like, you know, like, oh, done. You don't know him. You don't, you don't know him. That is good. Yeah, it's good. It is good. So I think it shows that, you know, he is indie's ballsy, you know, and he, he will call people's bluff. But there's also that sort of sense that, yeah, he might not be like sort of maybe the quickest or like the hardest man, but he'll use his sort of wits, wouldn't he? To get out of like uh, tricky situations, and even though maybe he won't leave with you know his prize like what he got, he will get out to fight for another day. I, yeah, I'm sure I explained this. Like the literally like the first intro scene, um, the famous um, boulder in the temple scene with the idol, he loses to Belloc. I've uh, you know listened to our other podcasts about this, but like it just shows that his tenacity and his in his willingness to he might fall, but he's willing to get back up again. It's still there. I it think. comes down to like what what you think is success is. Yeah, is Ian Jones able to get his prize a success, or is him trying to actually escape the fight another day a success? Yeah, and come, yeah, and as I think, he gets put in situations where it's like you know, so like you know, oh my god, what well, am I going to get out of this? He manages to, as well. Yeah. And there are some of the creativity with some of the fight scenes in this, yeah. like the the that kind of high, oh, what do you call it, the the jet thing. I can't remember what it's called. Um, um oh, uh, the the sort of like booster rocket thing. Yeah, that was cool. The booster See, rocket, that's quite clever. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's quite clever. 
Um, I, I liked it, yeah, how like the, you know they, they crashed through the ceiling onto it. I like that yeah. whole intro scene in Area 51. That was very well written in yeah, my mind. Yeah, You know, the, how like, I, Indy manages to win the Soviets' trust, you know, in in sense of like finding the, the remains. It's very clever. And also um, the, 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 yeah. the, the sword fight scene between uh, Spalko and Mutt was quite cool. Oh, the jungle scene. Yeah. I'm I'm not a fan. There are moments where are good. Yeah, the, the defoliator like, machine, um, like a uh, machine, is is terrible in that. I, I, I don't know if that exists. That's a thing. No, it God, a no. Like, it is. Um, that was basically made to sell toys. I think. I wish I bought one of those. So I remember there being so, a Lego set of that. I, I remember. Bought, that, yeah. That's the one I bought. I know I bought a toy version, not the Lego version. Yeah. So obviously he's done this job. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't say I, I can't say anything about criticizing yeah. that, but like um yeah. One so, of the um one of the big aspects of this film, you know, like the sort of theme is the sense of like Indy becoming or learning that he has to accept fatherhood. Um how well do you think that was done in this? I think it's no it, uh, in my opinion it does it wasn't done well at all. Yeah. It would have done better if he found out Mutt was his son way earlier, hmm. and it was more about him and Mutt, you know, working together. And you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to see what I could compare it to. It, you know, like a father son adventure, and it bonds them. Yeah. Um, I can't. There's a it's a film about uh I'm trying to compare it to, but I can't remember for life of me. But it should have been like that. It should have been. Indiana Jones, okay, Matt comes here, I am your son. We need to go and save my mother and we'll save Haldoxy. And then it's more about that that more about that journey and Indiana Jones literally teaching Matt, you know, having that kind of yeah. son bond. But when he finds out, you don't really have the time to see that bond. And at the end of it, like Matt says, Oh, you know, calls him dad. And then and then Indiana Jones calls his son Junior. And you're just like, well, okay, but there was no bonding. It was, it was kind of like there was no bonding there before that. Like at the start, he's like, oh, uh, you know, this is not my son. You know, like you know, and then Matt's like, he's not my father. And then suddenly they're like, they're like a father and some bond. Does that make sense to you? I feel like yeah, they should have really focused more on the father and son relationship really early on, rather than yeah. him finding out. And make it be like a big reveal because I just yeah. And I mean, I think it was kind of obvious that he was going to be the um, the son. Yeah. Um. I I don't know, like I I did kind of like like the do you know like when he's telling Matt you know this is before he knows that he's his son you know to you know you don't want to go to college you know like do what you want and all this stuff and then when he obviously finds out that he's his son he's telling him it's like yeah you're going to go back to school and finish it and all this stuff. That was how quite funny. Is, how old is Matt supposed to be in this? Because no idea. So, Indiana Jones is not with Marion in nineteen thirty-eight, and I don't know whether they conceived Matt on that scene on the ship. Yeah, in Raiders Lost Dark. So is he well twenty-one, twenty? Yeah. Like. Yeah, I, I don't think 20... you meant to think about that, though. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm yeah. just me just thinking about it. But like, yeah. I'm just trying to think. Like, they, they didn't really say his age in the in the film, so I was just thinking about it. Um, but I find it very weird how like 
much, never, never met his father, like Indiana Jones. Yeah. I found it very like, oh, okay. Um, I mean, you know, World War Two did kick off as well. Um, yeah, I think there should have been a bigger kind of more the family dynamic of this because they were trying to set about Indiana Jones, you know, you know, he is like an adventurer, he's an archaeologist, and he's like, yeah, he's a human being, he's a father and stuff. And I think that's an actual added element to it as well. Yeah. And you can see like the kind of fatherhood kind of angle there when in the way like he's kind of a surrogate father for short round, like, yeah. you know, um, in the Temple of Doom. But I just yeah. wish they kind of focus on that a bit, bit more, where maybe there was a situation where Indiana Jones has to be torn between basically going after the Soviets and stopping and stopping them taking this cunt, taking the skull or save his, his son's life. You know, maybe put that kind of that dilemma. Yeah. Um, and I also bringing in Mary Maverick again, so nice. Karen Allen, you know, she's a good actress and bringing her in, in it was, was fun. I will, I will, I kind of wish that, well, no, there was a lot more of that kind of chemistry and kind of that, that kind of relationship between them two more in this film than it was between Indiana Jones and Mutt. So yep. it felt it felt really much dis- misplaced. Like because we already, we already know about Indiana Jones and Marion before. Oh, okay. They have, they've he basically left her because he wasn't ready or something. Okay, fair enough. But you're, but it be that's too much going on. That's the thing. Because Indiana Jones now accepting, oh, he's got a son, but also accepting he's got he's the consequences of his actions with the women in his life. So, yeah, I I felt like that should have been a bit more of the focal point. Um, yeah, and maybe less, maybe less kind of cut down a bit on the alien side. Even how I mean, John Hurt was good at Hal Doxley. Yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah. I felt to just be like I a felt comedic he, actor. He, he, I felt he was just there. That's the problem. Yeah, there's like even though, and Sparko's only there. So Kate Blanchett and Sparko just oh we have the villain. Oh yeah, apparently yeah. also we need to have a villain who is, I guess following these people who are like okay, you know Sparko is like a scientist. Okay, Belloc, oh he's an archaeologist. Oh okay, um, Donovan, he's like a you know businessman and stuff like that. It's always these kind of villains that are like really high up positions, yeah. And they're supposed to be like very like culturally kind of clever, knowledgeable, and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's been that's been used so many times in um in other like Indiana Jones kind of like rip offs and stuff, you know, like yeah, yeah. And it's you know the idea of that like a like the, the villain has man. to be this like gentleman who has a lot of money, yeah. And he's obsessed with like you know the obsessed with the he has to be the same way with Indiana Jones. He has to be obsessed with uh, the sequence of the past and stuff like that. Yeah. But instead of this, it's, they kind of just gender swapped, made Belloc into a woman in this. Yeah. Um, and we don't really know much know much about Kate Evans Banco. Apparently, she was Stalin's top scientist. Okay, you know, same way that Belloc was working with Hitler and stuff like that. You know, it's a bit. Um, I want to talk a bit more about the historical context of this yeah. film because I find it quite interesting and I know I've been very critical of this film but there's some parts right there is the opening scene 
the opening sequence in this film i love to the core mm. i personally think it's one of the best opening se- sequences i've ever seen in the film you're and referring I, to the sort of um elvis music right? yes setting it right in this in the space of like 10 minutes or less than 10 minutes five minutes you're introduced to the world of 1950s america yeah. you have got the car you have got the kind of the clothes you you know the the you know the the couples are, are the the teenagers are wearing you've got elvis hound dog playing and you know you've got and it sets in very much a very this is a cold war america you know like you've got the soldiers it's a very light touch to it and it really shows that this is like 1950s america same way you saw with um the other scenes as well you know you, you look at nuclear war you look at like nuke town and stuff which i call it nuke town because it's pretty much it's nuke town um and you have the red scare i find it very very interesting and the idea about like the fbi are basically like thinking Ethan jones a commie spy because he was seen with the comment with the soviets and stuff and really it's all about as well that the soviets kind of want to use the crystal skull in order to bring socialism to america um okay and i think they're trying to they're really trying to compare the the soviets to the nazis in well yeah they want these films it's like mind control isn't it yeah 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 it adds to the red scare yeah it has the idea of like you know the film i said Invasion of the Boy Snatchers, the original film is basically an allegory to communism spreading to America in the 50s. And you know, the idea is like if you cut if your neighbor is talking about preaching socialism, you should report them and stuff like that. You know. Mm. And I think that's quite interesting. So and also the idea of okay, this is post-World War II, very different world. Um, it's the end of empires, 50s, British Empire collapsed, the French Empire collapsed, and the idea is like now there like everything's been explored in the world yeah there's yeah. nothing really left that has not been civil you know westernized or take been colonialized by by the west by civilization and it's quite interesting looking at like someone like in like the, the amazon which is like one of the last places on earth that hasn't been colonized by the west but it's been colonized by aliens and then obviously yeah, you are bringing Roswell, New Mexico into it as well. Yeah, and I thought again. I thought like the the alien part was. I'm gonna say this. I think like having this. I think they should not have focused. I, I personally think that they just should have just had the Air Fifty One thing as kind of like a side thing. Yeah, and yeah. then go on to actually talk about the main the main you know kind of relic but not have it relate to aliens do you get the you coming from yeah yeah it's like having the that the um the cross of sayonara or having the 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 idol in, in the base of lost ark at the beginning just like oh, okay okay that's a cool little easter egg okay it's gone to something else and um, but they had to retire into aliens which i feel like if they just did not involve the rest of the aliens in the rest of the film and just have that a kind of the Air Fifty One hangar scene, I think that would have been a lot, lot better, to yeah. be honest. But they had to really start making it about alien civilizations and all that. 
uh, and mind and mind control. There's a lot of like, yeah. It again, I'm going back, going back about the idea. I feel like aliens don't really work in this. And what I'm worried about with in terms of Dire Destiny is if it is going to be time travel, it's going to be a bit like okay. Um, do you get what I mean? Like, I don't know. Is it just me who finds that putting time travel in Indiana Jones film just doesn't? It's a bit. It's yeah. really going jumping the shark, like really, really incredibly. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's a bad creative decision. I it mean, is. let's you know. It might be it might turns out that this film is good, but yeah, I don't know. So far, I'm I'm not yeah I'm not too keen on the idea of time travel. Dial of Destiny is the worst title they could have gone for too. But yeah, um, I mean I thought you know Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was a bad title, but they really had to like <sighs> I think the Crystal Skull wasn't do aliens or like just had a little bit of like the mystery of what is the skull. Is it humans from thousand years ago? Is it like, is it extraterrestrials? Is it something else? You know, like they should have really delved into that and not say yes, this is aliens. Oh no, no, yeah. actually called interdimensional beings because we can't use the word aliens. Which you basically saying yes, they are aliens. And then the saucer scene, you're like, yeah, that's definitely aliens. Like that is such a that is definitely a saucer that you see in the old images of Roswell. <laughs> you know, like flying saucers and stuff. It's very much. It's really like shoving the idea of like okay this is aliens right in your face which i just i just don't don't like yeah you know um having having these kind of beings or something or or you know being like well who who taught these people who lived in this earth before we humans like don't you know make it very mysterious and stuff and that's one of the issues what prometheus uh, did wrong as well they they, they didn't make it mysterious they made it they had to explain stuff every they? single question it was yeah. it was like okay okay all right so the engineers are aliens who created mankind okay right so where did they go oh they hated mankind what that's why i want to destroy us oh right okay like why have but that's already explained for you you know have the question of why does the skull need to be returned to to yeah. the kingdom and you're like because it's, it's, it's sad, but you don't know why. It's all part of the because mystery. Because the plot demands that we go there. And again, I'm going back to the whole Ark of the Covenant. Okay, why? What? What is in the Ark of the Covenant? Don't know. No one can answer yeah. that. Okay, why is maybe in the Holy Grail? Why is it the cup of what? What is in the cup of what? You know, what's in the Holy Grail cup that gives it life? Is it? Is that the blood of Jesus, or is it like you know? Is the questions around that like I find it like really fascinating? Like it poses these questions, but with this film, it's like okay, this is aliens. This is an alien ship. The kingdom is an alien ship. The aliens, the aliens basically taught these people. And also, you've got to think like if these if these people are so far advanced, why have they gone back to kind of like a kind of a you know tribal? lifestyle in it um, yeah i then, think this yeah. uh screenplay needed a couple more revisions mm, definitely definitely um <laughs> i think but, but the idea about having ghosts in the scottish castle which was another in you know, idea i don't think would have worked well either no no you're like okay now there's ghosts in the scottish castle um 
what do you think about the villains of this film? Um, I mean, Kate Blanchett plays like the main villain, you know, so that's yeah. Spalcor. Um, yeah, okay, she's like the the megalomaniacal, you know, she has she wants you know to be the, the most intelligent like person. She wants to know the secrets of the universe. It, but it, it is basically at the end of the day. It's just another. Oh, she's just, it's just greed. You know, her sort of like lust for knowledge, you know, or like her greed for knowledge is her undoing. So it's basically like any other um, Indiana Jones villain. Yeah. Her motivations extend nowhere beyond that. And that, that is like the, the be all and end all of her motivation. Yeah. And, and then she wants like all the knowledge, and you're like, okay, and that's what kills her. I don't really yeah. know what the aliens gave her. Her, her brain burns and explodes because they, she's yeah. given all of the knowledge. Yeah, I don't really understand that, but okay. And then um, you've got um, Igor Zhuzhinkny as Colonel Ant- Antonin uh, Dovchenko, and yeah. he is kind of the Pat Roach villain of this. He's just like the second in yeah. command, gentle guy that Indiana Jones has to fight to get through yeah. to the next stage and stuff like that. So and yeah, and he, he's he's quite a, a good character for what he's doing. With, yeah, mm. I mean, because you know, even though he, he can't speak English, we don't really hear him say a lot of Russian. And yeah, there's no motivation beyond him just being a a, a goon, isn't it? Like the uh, henchman yeah. of the main villain. Um, uh, the whole thing with like him dying because he lands on a an anthill, that was that always used to creep me out as a kid. <laughs> I, I do like though how like they they kept up the tradition of like having like the creepy crawlies, yeah. Because you know like what was it like in the first film there's snakes and then it was like bugs in Temple of Doom. Um, rats. It was rats. Yeah, rats in in, um, in Crusade and, then, and now in this you got the scorpions, killer, like, scorpions and killer. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, the, so the, there are some things they kept. The ants things are quite like you know quite. Because they basically like actually terrifying that okay, it, they go they basically get over you, but also they take you in so they can devour you. And yeah, like, well, that's like yeah. Terrifying. There was some um, during the conceptualization, sorry, conceptualization stage of the film, they were debating whether to whether to or not to make Spalco sort of fall into the ant's nest, but then survive, but return uh, for the for the latter half of the film. With like loads of like injuries, like scars, and like almost like her face has been eaten away by ants. Oh God! Yeah, they obviously didn't go with that idea. No. Um, but yeah, like that, that would have been a interesting. I don't know what to think of that idea. Seems quite half baked to me. But um, yeah, that was definitely an idea they were going to go with. Um, I kind of like the idea of Indiana Jones, you know, dealing with. Not just like mysterious, sort of like historical mysteries, but also like higher mysteries, you know, like science fiction sort of mysteries as well. Um, but I just think this was just badly done. They basically based this because you've got the 1930 serials, which the the free films are based on, yeah, yeah. the sense of adventure going to these sorts of locations, you know, uncovering like these kind of temples and myths of the past. And now this one is kind of like, okay, we've got the sci-fi serial, which is like, you know, 
fifties B movies. Yeah, stuff, you know, right? like yeah. for example, like uh, the thing from Outer Space, or so know, is even, that the, that's like, the original thing, isn't it? The thing from Outer Space. Yeah, and even like um, when we watch Back to the Future, the stuff yeah. that uh, George McFly is writing about in his book, yeah. like aliens and stuff like that. The fifties was very big in pop culture back in back in the back in America in the fifties because you know, well, Roswell was one of the reasons as well. Yeah. Uh, well, big reason yeah. for it. I mean, like, I guess, like, out of all of the films, uh, this um, kind of makes um, kind of a not like a, a postcard image of the fifties, but like a very heightened, realistic version of the fifties, where you know you have sort of like um, red scare paranoia, and you have sort of like greasers versus college kids, you know. Um, that's a, have, uh, that is quite uh, funny. Aliens. That is quite yeah, funny. Yeah. Scene where it's like it's a grease. You, you know, like how he gets pushed back, and then suddenly there's greases there. I, I, I know it's corny, but I love that physical comedy. That he just happens to bump into the rest of the greases. Yeah, so they, yeah. They, 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 there is backup. It's, it's, it's funny as hell. Well, it's, it? it's quite funny because the jocks were like usually like the you know the American football type of guys who were going to yeah. get and then like. The greasers would be like the edgy guys that like yeah, the, bad, yeah. the bad boys really. Yeah. But like... I mean we didn't really have that in the UK, did we? We had like mods and rockers. Which are kind of like mods were more clean cut. So I guess like the sort of college, you know, like preppy sort of kids. And then the the rockers were more like greasers, I guess. I, I you know, Yeah. I I don't really know. You know, I mean, I, that that in British schools, like everybody learns about the mods and rockers, and there was like a lot of fights. Like um, the sort of like adults of the time were very sort of like worried about like, oh, the youth of today. You know, mods and rockers. You know, what's going to happen next? Well, the greasers, were, and then uh, but even but like before, you got the the jocks and and the greasers. Then the sixties when you start seeing the hippie movement. And the yeah, movement yeah. becomes less kind of, I'll say it's a bit, a bit of the greasers in it as well. Is I think it's, it's everything's influenced by everything else, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's nothing's um, isolated. They're all impacted by each other. But you know, they, they're in, they have their own feel and you know, like different type of music. They're like, you know, it's just, it's just different. And and you look at the fifties as well, like post World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it, and... one can argue the hippies came out of the beatnik mo- uh, movement, right? Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I just, I don't know. I wanted to point out that in the fifties there was another sort of like, yeah, no, the yeah, musical no. movement, I guess. What, what were they? What were they? Beatniks. Yeah, they were kind of like, yeah, just they looked like hippies, but they were in the fifties. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Beatnik music was very sort of like avant-garde sort of music. Like quite like, um, you know, like drug-fueled music of the 50s. Well, You see, you see the, the Beatniks are in Mad Men. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 both, yeah. Um, and also the 50s, especially for the youth of the 50s, it is post-war. And a lot of the, the, the generation, ones that weren't fighting... Just you know, we're in school, and it was a good time. You know, like the fifties in America were like a brilliant time to live in. It was just like new technology, nuclear family. You know, like it, it, it you know, the biggest. You know, we we see in Back to the Future, isn't it? Like the 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 biggest issue is like you know, kind of kind of high school prom and going to college and stuff. 
and then around about the 60s time it starts being when you start getting the kind of like disillusionment with the american government you've got the vietnam war and then you start getting like you know uh, people start rebelling against the government and all that and rebelling against societal norms because it was still very quite christian back in the 50s like you got to think back in the 50s couples weren't allowed to share beds share the same bed really yeah yeah it was very um it's, yeah, because it's very much like, you know, found upon and stuff like that. Yeah. And I guess, you know, yeah, like going into the 60s, it was more. Um... And you had these and you had these kind of like, you know, commercials like, oh, you know, like, oh, you get a new lawnmower, you get the new this, this, this and that and stuff like that. You know, and also you had the, the, the woman will work at home and the husband will go off to work, you know, that kind of like lifestyle. Um, and then obviously the 60s changed out when kind of people become dissatisfied by it. And people start losing because fifth, for, you know, people I think in the 50s were kind of like the American government is great, America is great because we won the war. The American government, you know, helped us win the war and stuff. So, and then when you start getting to the 60s, when suddenly you get sort of the kind of like the displeasurement with the US government. Um, and also, like in the 50s as well, the world has been, been like, you know, as I said, the world's been colonized, yeah. Yeah, which is where where is the new frontiers now? Looking above in the stars, yeah, and it becomes the questions of what is out there, and it, it comes into the kind of fancy element. People making ideas of oh, okay, could be yeah. some sort of beings who live up there. Yeah. This spaceship crashed in nineteen forty seven. Could there be one of those beings? And it be- and that's where you start seeing the whole big big alien sci-fi yeah. movement beginning you know what's really on people's minds yeah what was it are these aliens communists <laughs> i i think because that would have that would have given people you know they would that would have kept them up at night wouldn't it yeah i mean you're you're worried <laughs> it's already about mutating into human form yeah <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> that's back to the future <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the, the actual kind of paranoia. Like I was, I was in the 50s at the time, America, communism, like, you know, spreading. Mm. And, you know, like, even like, the US government was like, we can't, we've got to make sure that kids aren't learning communist, socialist ideologies yeah. in school. Uh, yeah, like McCarthyism and stuff. Yeah, it? exactly. Like, even you look at even the, um, uh, Oh, what's his what's the name? Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. It's, it's you know, it's it's the the Hollywood the the Hollywood oh, the, um, blacklist. Uh, Trumbo. Trumbo, yeah, yeah, where yeah. He, they thought like he was a communist sympathizer, a member of the Socialist Party. They were really worried because the idea was capitalism is great, and you know, yeah, well, we it upsets the social uh, structure, structure, mm. right? You know, and it, it it's social upheaval which is you know very very dangerous for those in charge uh, very very um you know because as, as you said you know like they, they was there were people who were very you know cushy they had cushy lifestyles and this foreign idea coming over and infiltrating their way of life was dangerous you know it was upset and it was rocking the boat um and spielberg I, and, and yeah. lucas lived through that as well yeah so they lived you know like 
Spielberg grew up in post-war Arizona. He knew about this kind of communist scare and and all of that. So he wanted to put that in the film. And the idea was Indian Jones, I feel like it's not it's literally the way to protect save America from communism. That's basically it, because it's the Soviets. And the Soviets want to use Crystal Skull to basically I think it's a dumb thing, but like, okay, you got this crystal skull, you want to kind of take over America with communism, like, you know. Because um, you, you have to realize, like, Spielberg is part of this old-fashioned movie yeah, making where, yeah, yeah. you know, you have to make the movie for the American audience. So the enemy has to be out, be, be out to, to get rid of your way of life, you know, yeah. to, to subjugate you under their new way of life. So, you know, having someone who at this moment, you know, Indiana Jones is one of, if not one of the most important, iconic American heroes ever. Yeah. You know, defending um, the American way and the American way of life against the nefarious Soviets. You know, it is, it, it's tried and true. I mean, overused at this point. Um, but then again, this is meant to be based off, as, we, as we've already said, the sort of serialized, like, um, like adventure dramas of like the 30s and 40s and now like influenced by the 50s stuff. Um, I just kind of, I, I don't know what they're going to do for the next one because Spielberg isn't at the helm. I'm not, I'm not so sure if he's uh, just been relegated to a producing role at this point, but um, is it um, uh, James Mangold? Yeah, James Mangold yeah. is... Uh, like whether really he's going to do the natural progression that you'd think they would do of showing us the 60s, you know, showing us the sort of like the space race um, and the heightened, heightened technology. I know they are going to do something about Operation Paperclip, which is quite cool, I guess, because they're going to bring in, you know, the, the the original enemies of Indy as the Nazis as, as a, um, maybe like a, um, like a Hydra sort of thing, like they are, they're still undercover Nazis in the US. Let's see. But um, I think that there was paranoia yeah. about that, wasn't there? Because they thought, oh, you're, yeah. you're a Nazi scientist who still yeah. might have that kind mm. of ideology still yeah. within them. That, that was explored in um, For All Mankind. Like one of the characters, yeah. he, he was a former Nazi scientist who was hired by uh, NASA. And then it, he's outed as like, oh, you know, the, the true extent of what he did in the war was revealed. So he's like, I was gonna say he's cancelled, you know, but but he's he's essentially um, ostracized by uh, by the uh, NASA community because of it. Um, I have going... no idea what NASA's got to do with time travel, mind. <laughs> I, I I don't know how they're gonna do that. Yeah, I, I feel like in the Indiana Jones five, it's gonna be Indiana Jones is gonna become a bit more dissatisfied with the American government, and I feel like you. In this film, in the King of Skull, you can see that he's kind of can't be asked the whole the bullshit federal FBI stuff. Um, because they grin him like, you know, oh, you've seen these people and you're thinking like this guy's a war hero, but then they're like in a weird way, it's kind of weird how has the respect for the war veterans gone at this point? Like, you know, they're like, Oh, we don't care how many medals this man's won. You know, he's a communist sympathizer. Mm. It's, it's it's quite it's quite interesting whether is that implying that America's starting to kind of 
you know, move on from yeah appreciating the the World War Two yeah. veterans. Well, and well, I would like, you know, I would like um, to see a bit more of seeing. More, I would like to see have a series, a mini series following Indiana Jones during World War Two. Right. Should, shouldn't they? That'd be yeah. that'd be good. You know, maybe he's part of a sort of like a like a squad, like a an archaeologist sort of like squad that are trying to stop the Nazis from yeah using doing more, yeah what, using more what, like yeah artifacts and stuff. You know, but like maybe like what what theater in the films did they explain what theater he fought in? No, they didn't. It was special operations. Hmm. I don't think he's like a soldier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even... Because I don't think we've seen Indy in like you know go to like the. Like Pacific or like the Far East yet? Is he? I mean, he, he was in Hong Kong, I think, in um, in Temple, wasn't he? But yeah, we don't actually see him like do oh, anything. Shanghai, he was in Shanghai. Shanghai, yeah. Sorry, so um, but we don't actually see him go to like China or anything, do we? No. Or, or you know, Japan or I don't know something in sort of like um, just like the Far East or something, um. That'd be, that'd, be, that'd be great, wouldn't it? And and getting yeah, maybe like a younger actor. I don't know, get friggin' Alden Ehrenreich to play a young Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. Yeah, he seemed to do a good uh, Han Solo. But um that'd be good, isn't it? Like, yeah, get someone young so they can do the sort of like be the energetic indie. Um uh, I, I I wonder. I mean expand more Mac and um indie relationship as well. Oh yeah, they, Mac. They fought together, yeah. they served together. Um, what do you think about Charlotte Booth in this film? Now, Charlotte Booth was quite pop, hmm. was kind of a hot hat actor back around about this time. He just, he just finished Beyond Transformers, the first one, Michael Bay, he was in Disturbia. And then around about, I think this is 2008 or 2009, he was in this film called Eagle Eye. But yeah. you know, these films weren't like amazing. They weren't like an Oscar-winning performances. But yeah. he was like a big, like you know, Teen Choice Awards style actor. Yeah, um, kind of like what Kristen Stewart and Bob Patterson were about like the Twilight kind of era. But what, how, what do you think of him in this role as Matt Williams? Like in... he's all right, I guess. Yeah. The he, thing is, he, he does what he does. You know. Yeah. I think he does because apparently he did like he he loved the films and he read he watched the films countless so many times to prepare for this role because he wanted to copy the mannerisms of how Indian Harrison Ford would act, yeah. So he can be seen that this is Indiana Jones's son, yeah. So I think that's really good preparation. He didn't, didn't just turn up and be like, okay, I'm playing his son. You could tell that these films mean a lot to him, yeah, and. It's sad that he won't be coming back in Indiana Jones 5, but I don't know if you know much about what happened after this film came out, where the press and stuff, and that's one of the reasons why he, Charlotte Buff, never doesn't work with Steven Spielberg again, because he came out and basically was like, the film's awful and stuff. And yeah, and I think if you work on the film, even if you know it's awful, you've got still kind of like, point the whole like it's still a good film and stuff obviously you want to hype up if you come out and say that like yeah. this film is a dog shit it's going to piss off a lot of people especially the the studio executives the producers and stuff you know yeah the and, I, and i think you know steven spielberg like 
I, I think it's a no-no to literally like shit upon Steven Spielberg, right? Because he is like, well, yeah. he's a fixture of Hollywood, isn't he? So mm. tread on his toes and everyone else will be offended for him, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's made, he's made so many careers out of so many people. Exactly. Like, there's a lot yeah, of respect. Don't fuck for, around with, with the there, Spielberg. There's a, there's a lot of respect for Spielberg. And I feel like Spielberg might actually like, I hope he doesn't think that he's like Hollywood's golden boy. Um, but you know he he can't deny how much he has contribution he has done to Hollywood and American cinema. So I think yeah, the Charlotte Buff basically like got the bullet, but bit the bullet with that. He was just like, yeah, you basically should not have said that. And Harrison Ford told Charlotte Buff like you shouldn't be saying that as well. So that's why he's not coming back. And also because of the kind of the drama that escalated after, yeah, um, in, in recent years as well. So yeah, I mean, yeah, with all like the sort of um, issues, should we say, with Shia LaBeouf, um, his, his performance, I think, in um, Peanut Butter Falcon was very good. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, is you know, um, behavior outside of films is unacceptable, I guess. Yeah, it's a shame, really. Um, sort of like un untempered talent, I think. Yeah, he could, yeah, he could have been very, very good. Yeah, you know? he could have. And it was kind of cheekily saying that he would take over as the next Indiana Jones, but obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> um, so it's wondering who's really going to pass the torch in the next yeah in Dark Destiny. Um, okay, I want to talk about probably the most controversial scene in this film. And probably the most controversial scene. I know. I know what you're going to say. Go on. In yeah. the, the franchise, and that yeah. is the the fridge scene in the yeah. town. <laughs> now, <laughs> this this is where realism goes out the door because if a man could survive that, they would literally die of radiation. Quite. Indiana Jones must be dying of radiation from that. Yeah. There's no way. Like and and and. Everyone, I've, we've seen Chernobyl. We know what a little bit of radiation can do to somebody, yeah? Like, you've been literally, like, face-to-face -face all that radiation. And it's so, you know, like, how people in Hiroshima, like, are having children, you know, grandchildren and stuff who were born with deformities because of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, because of their grandparents were, you know, there yeah. in the in 1945. Yeah, but yeah, Indiana Jones stands. Okay, the shot. Okay, the shot is epic. Yeah, you got Indiana Jones standing, looking up, and it's a nuclear bomb going. Yeah, up, yeah, Be beholding the new era. Isn't yeah, beholding new era. Yeah, the, this new kind of this new kind of world of destruction. You know, yeah. like um, this is in your face yeah, as you were saying. Yeah, the destroyer. Of this world. is he has been thrust into the new atomic age. Yeah, you know, and I think. That is my, you know, the film almost slaps me in the face and tells me this, you need to accept that this is about atomic, the the, the atomic era now, you know, this is well, like the it's, new era. It's, it's, it's about technology that humanity yeah. cannot control, cannot yeah. understand. Yeah. Um, and, but like, basically my point was, it's like, this guy, you know, Jones standing next to a nuclear bomb go off. He should be dead. And <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he should be, he should have been dead. Like that much radiation would have killed him. And it's yeah, this is and and that's when the realism part is a bit like okay, they did it because obviously he wanted to have this epic shot of a nuke nuclear bomb going off, but then it just looks like it looks stupid, doesn't it? And again, like well, yeah, I mean, it, it is like basically a, a comedic thing where he literally finds out that he's in a nuke town and he hears the countdown. And him like just scrambling about the house, trying to find somewhere to hide, and he sees that like the fridge is lead lined. I, I, I'm willing to turn off my brain, you know, and just, <laughs> and just accept that he survived and he's fine. But the question is, would you? People, I feel like this is very silly, but the realism goes out the door. But I feel like. It does. I feel like it does because there are moments in the original trilogy where there are real- realism. Like again, like Indiana Jones is not a superhero, and in that shot, they make him be like a superhero, and it's just like. And I feel like they've done it for the wrong reasons. They wanted to show a nuclear bomb going off to symbolize this is the Cold War, this is the fifties, this is, you know, the the, the race, you know, the nuclear bomb and stuff like that, like you know, nuclear holocaust, nuclear annihilation. The threat of nuclear annihilation five years before we get the Cuban Missile Crisis, and but I just feel like I just feel like it's a little bit, little bit stupid because obviously it's supposed to be this feels like it's a popcorn flick. This film, whilst the other films were not popcorn flicks, you get what I mean? Yeah. Now I don't know whether your version of popcorn flick is to mine, but my popcorn flick is basically you sit down and you basically just think that everything you're watching is just like shut your brain off, yeah. Yeah. But the, with the original trilogy, my brain wasn't shut off. I felt very much like, oh, this is interesting, and having like an actual character, a man, that actually, you know, that. That is not like immortal. It's not like you know, cannot escape for every situation unscathed. Yeah, and talk about very interesting kind of you know debates about science versus religion and stuff like that. With this film, is very pop conflicty. It really feels like you know like oh, everything's going to shut your brain off. It actually feels like I'm watching Transformers, like there's <laughs> popcorn film, like there's Transformers movies. It it it, it, it and. It kind of feels a bit off-putting because like, you go from not from these very clever, very successful films to then the fourth one being the popcorn flick, and it's like that's not what it should be. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of it knows it hasn't got to try that hard because it's an established series, and it, it will get bums on seats. It knows exactly like it just needs to put Harrison Ford in a fedora and just put him on screen, and it knows it'll make money. It's quite bomb. lazy, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, <sighs> Steven Spielberg is a very talented filmmaker, but he's always had, it feels like he's had more leeway to be like a fun filmmaker when he does like Indiana Jones. Yeah. And with this especially, he just feels like, you know, oh, well, we've got to up the ante, you know, let, let's make it as outrageous as possible sort of thing. Maybe a lot of that is like Lucas's ideas, because I think very much like Lucas is an ideas man. Yeah. You no, know, I mean a lot of people have issues with his direction style, but I think he's much more of a conceptual man. Very good in sort of like 
picking out these like ideas but um and how well those ideas are like tempered onto screen i think is an issue with spielberg um i don't know i honestly don't know this is it my idea of a popcorn flick yeah i guess but it does That's slow like... down in parts it's quite meditative in some parts which is nice but that the the the, the kind of the stuff that makes Indiana Jones quite interesting the themes of science religion and you know finding faith and stuff it's not in this film no it's not and and it, you know well i'm trying to compare it as like Indiana Jones in this film is like what they did to John McClane in Die Hard Five. You know, they made him like again. Is that a good way to a good day to Die Hard? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I remember seeing that. That was no, not the good day hard. It was. Is it? Is it Live Free or Die Hard? It's the fifth one, the one where he's in Moscow. Um, I think that's a good day to Die Hard. Let's have a look at. I honestly don't know. Like the Die Hard franchise is, is just weird, honestly. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, it's a good at Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they but... they fight in um in Chernobyl, <laughs> and and they land in the cooling pool in Chernobyl. That's so yeah, dumb. it's very it's, weird. It's so so dumb. But yeah. yeah, that's that that that's my biggest thing from this. This film really kind of I don't know whether George Lucas. I felt like there's too much of the realism part of this film kind of goes out the door. And I think you need to have a little bit of realism just to make Indiana Jones seem like actually like, like an enjoyable series to watch. Do you get what I mean? Like a very yeah. like important film. And this film isn't, isn't that. It just make it, it make, it beca- there are moments where it's like, why do you CGI what, whatever they're called? Why we go, CGI... uh, a groundhog, yeah. Groundhog. Why have we got CGI monkeys? Why have we got swimming <laughs> on vines? Why have we got like a random? Why is Indiana Jones in the nuke in the, in the fridge? Yeah, in the nuke stuff. Why is? Why are there? Why is there being revealed to us about the aliens and stuff? You know, why are we focusing so much on aliens? And it feels like so. It's like somebody. It's, it was like okay, let's do this, but then if it kind of felt like, do the fans want this? I feel like it's an idea that was really clever on paper, but the execution wasn't great. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I can say about this film. Um it was it was you know, it's in, it was nice having the Soviets as like villains instead of having a, like a like Nazis and stuff. And uh, but it's interesting them going out to the Nazis in the next film. Um Yeah, it's I think out of all these films, out of all the four, I think this is definitely the weaker one. Mm. It's more more is 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 weaker than Temple of Doom, in my opinion. Because yeah. Temple of Doom did have that kind of ideas about science, religion, faith. There was some there was that realism in the Temple of Doom. Yeah. That you can ignore how dark it was and and the kind of graphic violence. Yeah. yeah. With this film, you, you, you know, you can't there's no realism. There's there there, there is there, there's no heart in this film. Yeah, in my opinion. Now you could disagree with me or agree with me. I, I agree. Yeah, that's what I think. There's no heart in this film. It kind of feels like that. It kind of feels like oh, we you know 
we want we need to make Indiana Jones four because it's successful and for a new generation. Okay, let's do this, this, and this. And it's kind of similar to what we did with the Star Wars sequel trilogy. We're like, okay, we got Star Wars now. Let's make a Star Wars sequel trilogy for the young for like the new generation. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's just re let's just remake episode four. And you kind of think like the fans will notice this. The fans aren't dumb. They're not going to be like come in and be like, but oh, this is new. The you problem is like... they're afraid of, of trying out new ideas. They're afraid of experimenting. All they want to do is rely on a tried and tested formula because they, they think that people and, love familiarity. Andor was, di- was a different formula. Well, and Andor... yeah, that, that is... I, I was re-watching Andor this morning, actually. I was watching it with my dad and, and I, I kept on thinking how... People had the critique of Andor being slow, but I just th- thought that it was it took its time. You know, you watch like the sequel trilogy of Star Wars and everything is rushed, you know. You're gonna go to a scene, but don't worry about that scene because the next scene's starting and don't yeah. question that scene because the end has to happen. Everything is is quick, everything has to happen quickly and every everyone's funny, everyone's doing um MCU like quips and stuff. <sighs> It's a pop, the, the secret trilogy are popcorn flicks films, and there's yeah. no kind of there's no great debates about the force and about you know those kind of mysteries in the galaxy. It's really just about okay, we got Rey now as a, as a Jedi. Does, she does this, this, and this. Oh, she's more powerful than Luke Skywalker because we need somebody to be. A, we need this next the new character, this new protagonist, to be one up from Luke Skywalker. Yeah, it, it it and it doesn't work because people, you know, to a lot of people, Luke Skywalker was a role model for them. Same way with Indiana Jones, and you know, people hated the way Luke Skywalker was presented in the Last Jedi. It kind of makes me. I hope they don't. Disney don't make the same mistake with Indiana Jones in the new one. But yeah, you get what I mean. Like, yeah. and I don't want it to be as I said. Like, I don't want it to be the case though. It's going to be focusing a lot more on, on the other character, uh, feel of all of British character than on Indiana Jones because this is Indiana Jones's last. This House of Falls last time it's Indiana Jones, so the focus should incredibly be on Indiana Jones, on on the character. Um, any more thoughts about um, King of the Crystal Skull? I don't hate it. I don't again, hate it I either. I don't I regard don't, it as like, I just don't think it's yeah. a good film. I just don't yeah. think, I don't think but, it's a good but film. But I, I feel like, you know, what this film did was a kind of, you know, like making a sequel to the original series. But I don't dislike them in terms of how I dislike the sequel mm. trilogy for Star Wars. I understand, you know, they tried to make sort of like this new film for like a new sort of setting, maybe for like new fans as well. But I appreciate what they tried to do, and I agree that actually, yeah, like there is no heart, there's no feeling. Maybe this was just a cynical cash grab at the end of the day. And there were some moments which were iconic, you know, and, and some moments which I actually like look back on fondly of this film. There's bad moments, you know, and. A lot of stuff that hasn't aged well in terms I think of CGI. Was, I, think was, uh, well, I think what else what happened was they, I think they announced they were going to make Indiana Jones 4 back in like the 90s. 
Yeah. And it became kind of like, okay, now we've got to like make this film. <laughs> you know, it came 19 years later. But obviously, like, it's nothing to do with the, the CGI or the effects. Well, I just don't think why they need to have CGI in this film, to be honest. Let's go back to practical effects because you're basing it on the 1930s serials, which literally had no CGI in it. So make it yeah. realistic. And the sort of practical effects and like, and um, rotoscoping effects, you know, of the original, sorry, the originals are quite charming. And also the line, also the line between space between spaces is such a dumb line, isn't it? It's one of those faux intellectual lines, which Uh, at the time, the writers are like, um, you know, patting themselves on the back thinking, wow, that's a really cool line. And it's absolute wank. We had, we had, uh, we had one of the most, philosophical lines in movie histories in Spy Kids 2, you know, like about God being fearful of mankind. And then Steve Buscemi. Got, yeah. Yeah. Is this and then why God stays like, in heaven? Because yeah. he's afraid of what he created upon the yeah, earth. Yeah. Yeah. And fascinating. If you if you watch that clip on YouTube, all the comments are like, oh this is this is too heavy for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is meant to be a Spy Kids film, guys. But then it's like oh and it's like where have they gone? And then suddenly is Oxy saying the space between spaces. Like what does that mean? Like it, it sounds it's, it sounds like someone thought this is a very clever line, but it's not. It's, it's yeah, yep. Oh, it's, r- uh, it's overhyped writers thinking themselves very, very like in- um, talented and intelligent. It's like they not. want to give us a gift. What is the gift? What actually is the gift? Knowledge. It's like hmm. <laughs> because the gift it gives them kills the the person who you know kills them. But... Yeah, it's pretty much a monkey's paw, right? Yeah, you know, you know the term "monkey's paw" was like, um, you know, you ask for something, but it's like it's a, a poison chalice. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I just, I like the look and feel of the film. It's just, I won't even go so go so far as to say it leaves a bad taste in the mouth. It's it just, it's unfulfilling. That's all it is. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. When it's, I was rewatching uh, it, I sort of thought that um, the yeah, I did like the Area Fifty One um prologue, but it just felt like it was just a fan service thing. The whole reason why they included it was like, oh, the fans are gonna love it. Well, to be fair, they they wanted to call back to Base Lost Ark. We're having the Ark of the Covenant in there, and you do hear the music of when they open the doors to the warehouse. The Ark theme is playing. Yeah, you see the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, and maybe they wanted to expand a bit more about the mystery of what's in this warehouse, also with boxes and stuff. And I think that was quite fun because that was a kind of like you know nostalgia, remember yeah. moments moment as well. Oh yeah, like a, yeah. Like a good memory moment, not like a bad one. Yeah. You know, well, I remember like... being a kid and like when uh, the camera pans to the Ark of the Covenant. Remember, like they when they um, they crash into like boxes and stuff going past, and one of the boxes that's been like uh, broken open is the Ark. Yeah. And I was literally like in the cinema. I was like, oh my god, you know that's the Ark. Yeah. You know that that was a very cool moment for me as a kid. Yeah. I think. And it um, makes sense as yeah. well. Like. Um, it it does make sense. Why wouldn't you reference the Ark of the Covenant? You know, exactly. this is where it's being held. Yeah, but then, yeah, but then you come out there thinking like, oh, does this reference a better movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> John Williams' music in this is really really good. Um, yeah, yeah. I do like the. I think the theme's called Return, 
and it's yeah. the crystal skull theme i think that's really really good again the kind of the mystery of the skull as well um yeah the music in this is, is really really good yeah when john williams hits it out the park every time oh so. yeah um i i just don't i don't know sort of like yeah like temple of doom is definitely much better than this film but I still feel like Harrison Ford had a good time making it. Because you, you look at Harrison Ford now, he's, he's a miserable old man, isn't he? That's that's what he is. He's just miserable. But like, I can I can see that he did like making this film. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Maybe he appreciated the sort of like the, the kind of fresh take. They well, I think him coming back to play one of the roles that made him famous is like... Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe the price was right. Maybe the price was right. Maybe... Maybe maybe in this film made me gotten put off coming back to do Han Solo in yeah. Star Wars Episode Seven. But to be fair, that was seven years difference. He might have just had enough then. Um But yeah, he I, I think he enjoyed him he enjoyed being in this film as well. Yeah. But I think he knew that there were parts of it obviously that weren't great, but it's kinda of like this I am working with the man that made me big. Hmm. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know whether some actors are, are too afraid. Maybe some actors are a bit like, oh, I don't want to slam the director because this director yeah. made big. But yeah. I don't think it was that at all. The sense of like loyalty, isn't it? Yeah, but I think Charlotte Buff as well was a bit like, maybe keep your thoughts and opinions to yourself, really. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe Charlotte Buff is just, just an arsehole at the end of the day. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. The... Do um. What, what, another sort of like tradition of this series is sort of um, implementing the Paramount Pictures logo into the environment. Oh yeah. Um, originally, you know, they they'd sort of have a like a mountain or like a, a mountain peak, and they and they, it would transition from the the logo. And yeah. now they they almost do it as a bit of a joke. Like now it's not a mountain; it's a um, it's a like a, a groundhog hill, a yeah. little like uh, mound. I, I like it on the, the the surface level that it's a joke. I like it, but yeah. but then when you dig into it and think it's literally a CGI like groundhog hill, and and a CGI groundhog comes out of it, you are literally left with your heads, you know, scratching your head like, why did they spend loads of money on that? How much money went into that little joke? It's from the point of view of the groundhog we've seen everything. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Oops. Um. It it is quite sad as well to see like they brought in Jim Broadbent because Mark the actor that played Marcus Brody had died. Yes, yes, you know, definitely. And Jim Broadbent's just there, like he, he's he's playing the role of Marcus Brody. Even I think he does a good job. I think it's just a good job. But then it's like a recast, isn't it? And they're like, oh, yeah, essentially, good. like the, the 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 same role has been filled, even though the actual actual character is dead. Yeah. And they asked um, Sean Connery to come back, but Sean Connery would enjoy retirement too much. And to be fair, the and, league, um, the league is Rhys Davis as well. Yeah, he's supposed to come back in the wedding scene, but he was just like, if, it's, if, if, yeah. if I think it feels as pointless. Like, yeah. I didn't you know, feel I had anything to I mean, do with this, that scene. I mean, this guy, I mean, this guy, you know, is on probably the best, tri- the best fantasy trilogy in history, Lord of yeah. the Rings. So him being asked to come back just to be like a couple of seconds, you probably think yeah. 
um, I'm bigger than better than this. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but Salah's coming back for Dale of Destiny. So, yeah, yeah. You know. I think he's going to have a bigger role, I think. Um, mm. Definitely. I feel like he's going to be one of those cards that's going to exchange information with Indy and yeah. takes, puts Indy, like, kind of points in Dima's yeah. direction. Which yeah, maybe he's like a, he's a quest giver sort of character. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We shall see. Um, what, what would you rate this film? Six out of ten. Six out of ten. Yeah. I'm gonna give this a. I'll probably give this a six point five out of ten. In my yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm pushing for seven. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Yeah. Um, it is fun to watch. It's fun to to have on in the background because it's Indiana Jones. You know. Okay, so um, we've got we, yeah. we've got the four movies that have been released. Yeah. So before this new one comes out, what where would you rank the Indiana Jones films so far? Uh, from from uh, best from top to bottom, best to worst. Like, well, easy. Um, Last Crusade, Raiders, Temple, and then uh, Kingdom. Yeah, same with me actually. Last Crusade, yeah. Raiders, Temple, and then yeah, that yeah. kind of sums up there. All yeah, right. I, I mean, that's it really. <laughs> it's not an awful film. This film, it's, no, it's no. just. It's like watching Attack of the Clones. It's not an awful yeah. film. Yeah. It's just not good. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's still you could watch it again. Like it's still there's still kind of the the you can the still rewatchability is there. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, thank everybody. That's uh, that's uh, basically our Indiana Jones franchise done until I think it's end of July when we get. Uh, Dark Destiny out. Can't wait for that. Is it July or June? I think it's June or July. Um, June. It's on June the 30th. It's coming out. So end of June, beginning of July. We, uh, yeah, so that's us done. And you can watch, um, listen to our views of Riz Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, and Last Crusade in our previous episodes. Um, then back in about January, um, February. Um, next week we'll be reviewing we'll be reviewing the last uh, half of the Bad Batch season two. I mean, the Mandalorian's going to be finishing as well soon, so we'll be reviewing that. Um, but yeah, so thank you everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please like, share, follow, and/or review. Uh, you can listen to his podcast on Spotify. Um, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Pocket Casts, and um, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. It's all in the script, the, the link tree anyway. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Welsh, for joining me. Um, no problem. Pleasure as usual. Uh, <laughs> pleasure as usual. And we'll see you all on the next Hoffee Coffee Cast. Bye bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Hoffee Coffee Cast. But before we end, me and Reese want to thank everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like, follow, share and review. In addition to tell your friends, family and fellow nerds and coffee lovers about our content. We both enjoyed talking about these topics and with your help, we can strive to be bigger and better and bring out much more to our fans and listeners. I'm your host, Reese Bolton. And I'm your host, Reese Jones. And we'll see you on the next Hoffee Coffee Cast. Take care and goodbye. Bye.